0: Above all else, uh, kindness, because that is the secret to the future. Kindness is empathy. Kindness is tolerance. Kindness is is sometimes being firm. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood.
1: Now here's your host, Art Eddy. What's up, everybody? Art Eddie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I have to say, in the many guests I've had here, I got to say, the guy who is going to be on with me, if you can kind of see the video, uh, he's got the best background I've ever seen in my life, man. (laughs) And we're going to talk about father, we're going to talk about acting. Oh, that's amazing.
0: (laughs) Oh, it just keeps going. It just keeps, keeps going. I
1: don't mess around,
0: Art. Art. I don't mess around.
1: (laughs) No, you don't. The voice you're hearing is none other than Todd Stashworth. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, Todd. How you doing, sir?
0: Terrific. Thanks for having me.
1: Looking forward to chatting and geeking out with you about a bunch of things, but I love bringing good guys like yourself to talk about your fatherhood journey. I love your post uh, on Father's Day, just talking about how great it is for you to be a dad. So uh, talk to me. I know your your kids are a little bit older than mine. I you got two kids. I got two kids as well. But talk to me when you found out you're going to be a dad. What was going through your mind, man?
0: well that those are two entirely different situations since my kids are 10 years apart first time it was a uh we're doing what scenario (laughs) because uh, uh my girlfriend at the time i was bartending living in my apartment she was she was waiting tables living in her apartment and uh apparently sex makes babies so, and look, we'd been together for three years. We were deeply in love, yeah. but it was, it was, it, it was an absolute surprise. And so it was blinding white terror art. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It was blinding white terror. And I was like 28, okay. which in actor years is, is like closer to 17. So, yeah. uh, you know, I was, uh, I was a freewheeling, uh, act, I mean, deeply in a committed relationship, but I was a freewheeling wheeling actor boy and suddenly it was like getting drop kicked into uh adulthood um and so that for my son it was uh, a massive readjustment and the best thing that ever happened to me and then my daughter uh was after two failed attempts to try and get pregnant that time because we had already been established and and we lived in la and my son was like, I think once the fr- when we lost the first one, he was like eight or nine. And then it got sa- scary and s- like worried because we, uh, we had two miscarriages in between. Sorry about that. It, it, you know what? I, you know, I say my daughter was making us wait for her. So the first time was like, oh, well, that's nature. The second time was like, uh oh, can we even do this in the, you know, just old fashioned way, is this gonna need assistance? And so it was It was more troubling. And then the third time, uh, which was my daughter Tilly, like two miscarriages and then the third pregnancy, uh, it was, uh, it stuck and it was uh, amazing. It was amazing. So, uh, you know, and I'd already been a parent now for 10 years. So it wasn't nearly as daunting of a uh, idea uh, and it was also kind of cool because my my son, by that point, again, was ten years old, and so he was he was already at the, hey, go take a shower, hey, go brush your teeth, Hey,, uh, go do your homework stage, clean up your room stage. And so he he had he had agency, and so we were able to feel comfortable getting back to diapers.
1: Thank you very much for sharing that. You know, I, I get some emails from people when I have guests on sharing miscarriages or the the stress about having a baby and trying, and then people don't feel alone. So thank you very much. No, I really course. appreciate for sharing that. So it's almost too, like, you know, there's certain topics that sometimes men uh, feel awkward talking about, but once you share that another person feels like, Oh, I went through the same thing Todd went through. So Least there's someone other than me right so again yeah. and,
0: and look and, and the reality is it was happening to my wife's body and so that it, it's a completely different experience for her yeah. and so i am there having my own emotions based on the excitement of having our second child and then losing <laughs> that uh reality uh but then also being there As emotional support for my wife, who had to endure the the physical process, so it was uh, like the first time it was just kind of like, okay, I get it. All right, that's you know, nature said this is a viable zygote, and so time to um, to to clean house uh, physically. Uh, and so we just kind of we we we, wasn't, we weren't happy, but we rolled with it. Yeah. And then the second time was much more, uh, much more of a, of a gut punch because it was like, okay, this now feels like a pattern. Um, what's up? Right. Yeah.
1: Again, thank you very much for being oh, on sharing that. Talk a little bit about. I mean, you know, you were, you were saying when. You, when you first found out you're going to be a dad, you're like, oh, it's bartending and all this other stuff. And you're like, oh, but like you wanted, of course, to make it in the entertainment world and act and all that good stuff. So I know hard work and dedication to your craft are probably certain things that I maybe mean, not just not about acting, but just dedicated dedication to the passions you have in life, I'm guessing are certain values. But talk about some of the other values you're looking to instill into them as they were growing up
0: like we had a one-bedroom apartment in Astoria, Queens and uh we were still bartending waiting tables my wife was you know she'd probably switched to hosting because she started you know having a, a parasite hanging off her um that was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and uh essentially trying to consume her um but uh and so she and I, uh, you know, she's a writer, so she, you know, much of her pursuit is with a laptop and her imagination, and mine needed to be out there in the world. So to address the first part of your of your question or statement, um, I uh, we were like, you know what, you uh work on your craft at home but instead of like going out to get a, another job as a barista or something and just hand that over to childcare, my wife was like you go out and you keep chasing now because things had started to pick up for me professionally and commercially uh and uh i will hold down the fort and uh as i say in in our household uh uh i'm the gas and she's the engine so uh like okay. that I go out and bring the fuel back and then she keeps the machine, uh, running. So, um, so we each have our own functions in, in, in the, in the relationship and then in, in the partnership that is parenting. So other values, uh, raising a girl into womanhood we had this mantra growing up with my daughter it's uh it's it's great to be pretty you have nothing to do with that it's great to be pretty it's uh it's nice to be smart uh it's best to be kind above all else uh kindness because that is the secret to the future kindness is empathy kindness is tolerance kindness is it's sometimes being firm Uh, and you can be kind to somebody when you stand your ground and they know who you're there dealing with it doesn't mean bending to other people's wishes but and so the kindest thing you can do for people is let them know where they stand with you um so kindness above all else and and by the way that also means kindness to yourself treat yourself the way you would treat your best friend treat yourself the way you would Treat uh your a family member. You know, be kind and forgiving and tolerant to yourself and your own inadequacies or insecurities or anxieties and and you know self-love and self-care is huge uh to in our house.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. all of that. And you know, I'm raising two daughters, and I think you know what you were saying too is like about being pretty, about um being nice, but also, you know, just being kind. Whether you know, I you know, since we were just talking about raising daughters, like that's the thing too. When I became a dad and I started like even before like when they were like uh my daughters are two years apart and when they were toddlers and I see commercials where women feel like are judged by their looks and all this other stuff, it hit me. I mean, I was grew up with, you know, a mom and two older sisters growing up. So I kind of see the struggles that they went through and certain things, but as a as a dad, you pick even more up on it. And there's certain things yeah. we just say, you know, say to them. It's like I always say to them, I'm like, Hey, you're smart. You know you, you're caring and of course you're you know you're beautiful but like i don't like say beautiful i know it sounds weird but i don't say that's like the first thing to me it's like no you know, it's it,
0: and it's also in the eye of the beholder of course we think yeah. our ch- children are beautiful <laughs> and it's also like what society is deeming as beautiful at that point and are we bending a knee to there's so much it, it's so complicated especially in the era of social media yeah. uh there's so many pressures now other things that you know my wife uh is this entirely other perspective that i just have not had the experience of growing up as a as as a uh you know i'm six two like like my wife is like no you clutch your car keys when you walk through a a parking garage at night like these are things that just due to my privilege due to my experience being uh being a man in the world. uh, I just, I can't say I experienced it. I don't know. I mean, I I have been a victim of crime. I've had, I've been held at gunpoint. I've had moments like that in my life, but the day today, don't get on an elevator, like alone with a man. Like, uh, unfortunately we men have ruined so much yeah. for so many. Uh, so for this other uh, half of the species that, uh, you know, my job is is to is to support my wife in in that education of, of, of our daughter. And my job is to uh, also be an example that uh, uh, to show her benevolence and kindness as a man. Yeah, yeah, there's so much ugliness that you can see in, in, in a lot of behavior in men.
1: Yeah. And you, 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 mentioned about clutching your keys and all that other stuff. And, you know, men can listen, have both earbuds in their, in their ears. Whereas, you know, women sometimes just have one or it's like, yeah, I appreciate you holding the door for me, but you can go first just because yeah, I don't yes. know who you are. Right. And yeah, there's, do there's I, I don't know if that... I want you behind me. Yeah. yeah.
0: Again, like I said, we've, we have made that that bed and that reality and 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 as much as i am now teaching my son to be the solution to that
1: yeah
0: i cannot be naive to say that that is still not a big deal in this world it's still huge and tragic and protecting you know and, and again if not i don't know how deep we go but and then protecting her rights that are mostly being voted on by dudes yep. like yep. her, her, her physical rights, her rights, uh, her biological rights. Uh, you, there's, there's so much. Sadly, the, the deck is stacked against her on the outset based on, you know, her being born a, a girl.
1: Yeah. You, no, you see, you see many movements, right? And like, especially because I'm in this parenting space, moms and dad, bloggers or vloggers, or whatever they say, uh-huh. and they have certain stances and they're like, you know, you don't have the rights to my kid, you know, only I do. The government doesn't have anything. But then they'll flip out, they'll flip on the other side when your child, who's a daughter, grows up. And it's like, well, the government now can. <laughs> like determine certain things so how, how like at one stage you're fine but at another stage you're not and to me it's like you don't see the lunacy in in what you're saying and what you're preaching and again well, like,
0: well that's i mean again to, to not to to go down this rabbit hole because it's yeah. deep
1: yeah, but yeah. you're
0: you're a 100 percent right it's it's uh we we live in mm. deeply hypocritical times and uh and and so my job is to raise a child with a discerning eye, uh, raise a child with a critical eye, raise a child with a kind eye and a compassionate eye. We also take her to women's marches. My wife has taken her. We've made the signs. We've walked just to show her that, look, if people are trying to take something away from you, there are there, times in your life where you're going to have to stand up and fight for it to take it back because it belongs to you. You were born with it inalienable rights that you were born with.
1: No doubt. Preaching the choir, Todd. I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Two more questions before we kind of start going into some of your cool things in your career, but really appreciate the conversation we're having right now. Talk about something that your kids have taught you either about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there until you became a dad.
0: Well, patience. Um, (laughs) How to uh, get much done on a lack of sleep. Um, (laughs) I, what do my kids taught me? My kids have taught me, and, and I say that not jokingly. They've taught me patience. Like, again, when you've when you've had to answer to yourself for the first 28 years of your life, uh, suddenly, you know, you, I, 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 I meet a person for the first time in life, life that I would throw myself in front of the bus for. Like, if it's them or me, I'm going to go. So, uh, you know, your well of love becomes bottomless. Um, in the best scenario, right? Yeah. I mean, other people did not have parents, uh, who were as, uh, thoughtful about it or as present for their children. Um, what have my children taught me? They've taught me so much. They've, they've, they've taught me perspective. I mean, I, I've, you know, I'm raising, a am raising children who were born pretty much post the, the digital internet era so I, i'm an immigrant to that world and they are natives and so i learn a lot about uh, about society and how and interfacing with it and 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 they're wide wide awake kids like they you know it's also generational right so they they call me out on like you can't those in the same way that you know we looked at the generation ahead of us and go you can't use that you can't say that yeah (laughs) anymore you can't like why because we've evolved as a society and we have always continued so that's not a word you can say anymore uh, because in the same way that we did it in the same way that the generation before us did it like we continue our work you know Like the species as a whole ideally is trying to perfect itself and how it connects with each other and we've got miles to go unfortunately sometimes history repeats itself when it shouldn't you know well it's there's also extinction bursts right so when when an idea that has lost its um, relevancy because it may have been insensitive or it always was like, what do you mean you can't say that anymore? Well, you kind of never could, but <laughs> you were because you're privileged and you were saying those things, but you kind of never should have been. But now we have people with backbone finally going and a, a mass, uh, critical mass that they can finally go enough's enough. Yeah that was never cool uh you thought it was okay because you were getting away with it and so that's still happening and as like gen x and progressive as i think i am i still get taken to school by my daughter and her generation and they go yeah no no yeah. and and they will like yeah. when they have children when they're colonizing mars because we've run out of potable drinking water here um <laughs> they will though their kids will be going dad dad no (laughs) you can't say that it's out it's outdated and it should be that way because we should be uh we should be perfecting ourselves and our civility
1: 100 percent agree appreciate you sharing that biggest piece of advice or a dad hack you'd offer to new dads what would it be
0: brand new dads
1: yeah or or like here's the thing because like my audience ranges in different age groups so like and i think this is this podcast tries to be like a think tank so there are certain things that i've learned from my guests and i'm like that's amazing that's awesome i should try that right so it doesn't have to be for new dads technically i try and have it for new dads cuz a lot I of mean, new dads like check out this podcast but high
0: level outside of kindness don't try to make your kid into a mini you mm. like be their introduction to things and and whatnot like i was not raised with sports but if my kid wanted to play soccer i would fan those flames i mean it's, it's, there's so much of the world that we are the cultural ambassadors for to our children it's like my my children this is star wars the 1977 non-specialized version <laughs> okay okay Okay, like, like, and, and we do our best to go, these are the things that lit fires in me as a child, uh, and maybe they'll light fires in you, uh, but I also can't care if they don't. Yeah. So find the fire in your child's soul and then fan that flame um, and be patient with them. Uh, Because they may not come to things at the same rate you came to things. Just love them for whoever or whatever they reveal themselves to be or they learn who they are. That's the biggest level. Also sleep when they're sleeping when they're little. Because otherwise you're screwed. You're like, oh, good. I can get stuff done. They're asleep. No. (laughs) No, because you will have no energy. Yep when yeah. they're awake and screaming and hungry and teething and, and and pooping themselves
1: great great piece of advice and also to saying that fanning their flames of what they're passionate about is yeah. such a great way to bond with your kids and they 100%. will have a great relationship with them and learn.
0: More... Yeah. Yep. learn yeah yeah learn about who they are yep. uh and learn and they'll they'll tell you and leave room for it because again if we can go to a, a bigger hot button issue, if you have a child who is LGBTQ, do not create an environment where they're terrified to tell you.
1: Yeah.
0: Because if that's who they are, you should be the first line of defense for them because yep. the world may want to beat them down. So they should feel absolutely cool with coming to mom and dad with who they are and, uh, and not afraid of you mm-hmm. so uh give your kids room to become who they are and 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 by the way that might change from childhood like i'm a star wars kid and then they hit 13 and like screw that i'm a track and field kid yeah. okay uh and then screw that i'm actually going into architecture like but like but i thought you were gonna get a scholarship for running i'm like dad i do not run anymore you go okay. No, you're, that's cool. Allow them to change. I like how the dad in this scenario is like Napoleon
1: Dynamite's older brother. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. We're so stupid compared to our children. We're love so it. stupid.
1: Thank you very much for talking to fatherhood. I really love your insight on fatherhood and all that good stuff. um You know, prepping up for this interview, I was geeking out on all the stuff that you do, man. And obviously, <laughs> like I mentioned. Uh, your background, of course, you're in Star Trek. Um, you know, you're in the live action uh, you know, Kim Possible. There's so many different things you've been in TV shows. You, you know, you're doing comic books. You have an awesome like cocktail book for like dungeon, like just geek culture. I love it. Yeah. What you know? It's funny. We're talking about like kids when they're super young. Maybe love Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever. Then 13s like track and field for you and i feel like it's a, it's almost like a lot of things we're talking about is a circle of life like things just happen in circles yeah as you can tell you know i bonded yeah. with my dad over star trek i i found star wars through myself and just i loved it yep and like maybe in college it really wasn't like brand brandishing everything star wars like sure. now again but like for you when did you start geeking out and when did you kind of get this pull for like sci-fi and you know um yeah partner.
0: yeah pull I, I pull is the best way to it because i was actually i was on a another podcast the other day and we were saying we don't decide what we like we notice it uh it's not a decision it, it's like you said it's like uh, i like chocolate because i tasted chocolate and go oh i i like that i didn't <laughs> decide to like chocolate um
1: that's awesome.
0: Uh, you know, and, and the tale that I've always told is, I, I think I, the, the fuse of my nerddom get lit uh, probably around seventy four, when I was six, five and six, when I got my first Mego action figures for Star Trek and Planet of the Apes, nice. and then that that led into the Mego action. It, it really started with the toys because kids like toys, and so. I would have the toys, and then I would watch the shows that the toys were based on. So, Kirk Spock and McCoy, like, I, and then I had the playset, Neohura and the Scotty, and and so seventy four is probably the beginning of my nerd awakening. And then, you know, th- three years later, Star Wars hit. Rankin and Bass Hobbit hit. Atari hit. Uh, two years later than that, so seventy nine, Dungeons and Dragons hit so like the the uh the need to live in fantastic spaces fantastical cuz this could be a fantastic space um but fantastical <laughs> spaces uh yeah like a, a, a well a well a well planned room with a throw rug could be fantastic um but uh fantastical spaces the need to live in fantastical spaces started early on like six years old probably
1: yeah nice seeing you at different you know, comic cons and obviously hearing you on different podcasts man i love when you geek out and experiencing like hanging out with co-stars doing some fun social media stuff but then also meeting the fans right and yeah. i think thankfully now like you know you see the big bang theory and, like it's almost embracing that geek culture and it's cool it's like geek chic now right and everyone like geeks embra- have inherited the-, the earth yes yeah right yeah so Talk about like your experiences when you go to these comic cons, because I feel like you're always all in <laughs> when you go to these things, man.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I was, I was going to cons before I was, you know, doing panels at them. Uh, I was selling a comic book at a con for a while that I co-created with, a, a comic book artist named Dennis Calero, who's also a great father. Um, so yeah, the, the con culture look, it always comes down to the merch. I love the toys. I love the toys. And sometimes you can get that deep cut toy at a con. And so I love seeing people in costumes and I love the big setups. You know, it's 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 it's, it's all Halloween, right? It's it's all about the toys and the imagination and the celebration of imagination. And so a place that you can go there and get into hard nerd conversations about which is the best star Wars film. And I will always be right. Um, You know, it's like, it's, it's a new hope. Okay. Um, It's a, it's not even a new hope, by the way. It's not even a new hope. It's star Wars. It's star Wars. (laughs) Uh, And I say this and, and, and and I will also then contend that empire strikes back is probably a deeper emotional film with probably uh, with a, I mean, the Imperial March is one of the finest pieces of, of classic music ever created. I
1: walked out uh, to having the wedding, my wedding. that's
0: foreboding, but... Uh, um,
1: <laughs> no, like, not at the church, but on the reception. I was like, hey, can we do this? And she's like, No, No,
0: hey. look, I'm 100% in. I'm 100% in. Uh, uh, I, um, I, so I contend that Empire Strikes Back is probably, in many ways, a tighter crafted piece but but 77 star wars was a thunderclap like there was nothing like it before and then that and then everything changed from that point forward so it to me will always be the best because it started everything and i can watch it more and more and it stands on its own like you need an after with empire strikes back otherwise it's the worst ending in history bye your friends in prison like uh he's he's in car he's encased in carbonite bye and you guys are losing (laughs) bye like you need the third film in order to complete that film but a new a new hope i just say that for delineation purposes but a new hope stands solo no pun intended
1: oh i love it good dad joke no i it's it's funny too because i'm a sneakerhead too and so like the Air Jordan 1, if it wasn't for the Air Jordan 1, you wouldn't have any other Air Jordans, because like they was, like, talk about that, so... Absolutely. Um, speaking of Star, you know, Star Wars, let's move on to Star Trek. Not only are, but... you know, you, you know, Captain of the USS Titan, but you're yes. also, you also played Rymeland as well, but obviously, I feel like this most recent role gives you, like, even more, like, not that you needed any more cool cred, but, like, just getting, like, getting into the Star Wars legacy, like you said, like, with Star Wars and the different, you know, cultures embraced, but, like, Man, it is really cool to captain a ship
0: in the U.S. You know, in Can South I tell America. you? Can I tell you? It's as good as you think it is. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, well, what I will say is like getting to play a Romulan uh, disguised as a Vulcan on Vulcan. That was all pinch me bucket list stuff. But uh, there's a very, very small table now that I get to sit at as a, as a Starfleet captain. So that's, that's some some humbling rarefied air that I've been invited to, to be a part of. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say it wasn't the coolest thing. Um,
1: yeah. I mentioned your book, mythic libations, critical, mystic, cocktails, mystic sorry, mystic uh, libations, critical cocktails for the thirsty Adventurer. Talk about yeah. how that book came to be, man.
0: So during lockdown, when we were all looking for ways to connect, um, uh, a fellow by the name of Brandon Cleeley, who was a former Imagineer, uh, had a website called Trader Brandon, where he sort of reveled in a lot of uh, tiki culture. Uh, but he was a huge fan. He's a former child actor. He was in Gods and Monsters and Children of the Corn and and so uh, or two Children of the Corn two. Um, so he was a huge uh, Twelve Monkeys fan. So he reached out to me to see that I was you know I was a tiki guy, and he reached out to me on instagram and said hey i do this thing called uh trader brandon uh something it's got a word for what he called it, but it's interviews he does instagram live interviews and he said hey i'd love to chat with you if you want to chat and, and he plays games and, and whatnot but he never played D&D. and i'm like let's play DD. we hit it off like we'd known each other for years and immediately started playing dungeons and dragons together on zoom because everybody was, you know, locked in their houses. So D&D became big because people could connect and do something while we were living in deeply uncertain times. It was an oasis. So to increase that level of connection, I was like, what if we did a themed tiki drink? You know, tiki drinks. But what if we, like, grabbed a fun pun like Goblin's Goblet, and named a drink that and sent it to everybody that's playing that week and they could all go get the ingredients and then we're all connected because we're drinking the same beverage even though we're in different parts of the country he's like i love it so he photoshopped because he's a master uh art designer and he photoshopped a, a cool looking recipe and we we set it out and people really were like that's awesome so we were all able to raise a glass in those uncertain times and and have a drink and because we realized quickly that the Venn diagram of people who play D anD D and drink is just a perfect circle, so, uh, so, so we, uh, so we were like, after about five or six of these, I said, I think we're on to something. You think there's a book in here? It's like a hundred percent do, and so I was like, well, that it should also be a game book. It can't just be a cocktail book because there's a lot of cocktail books. So how do we make it special? And so we gathered up a bunch of amazing artists, Julia Maddalena, uh, Zelda Devon, Mike Schwalm, my son, uh, to do some really great art through the book. We uh, this this gentleman by the name of uh, Roy Hanzo uh, did all of the recipes and he is a former no, not a former. He's a current bartender at Trader Sam's at Disneyland. So they're bonafide. And we kickstarted it. And because of the Venn diagram, we funded it in a day <laughs> because people were like, yes. And then I was like, well, then I also want to make it a legit DD book. So I want to have in it a playable one shot, new magic items, NPCs so that you could put it on your game shelf or you could put it on your bar shelf. Yeah. Uh and uh it's it's we've sold 5000 copies. That's awesome. That's, yeah. That so
1: you know you you mentioned Venn diagram and I always love When people put Venn diagrams together, but I feel like you could be like the Kevin Bacon in the whole geek world. Like you're going to be in the middle of so many different things that will like, like scream geek. And I love it. I
0: am the ligature. Yeah. Uh, Oh, before we get
1: into uh, the before we finish off with the Father Quick Five, and thank you for being very generous with your time. Of course. Uh, It's almost like asking, like, who's your favorite child? I'm not asking that question, of course, but actor, writer, voice actor. Or different things that you work on and do is is there one that kind of not motivates but is there one that you get more joy out of or just with everything that you've done i feel like you get joy out of all the stuff you do so that's probably a hard question
0: (laughs) that's interesting acting is such a social event and i'm a social creature and and i love that aspect writing is a much more vulnerable place because it's, it's the inside of my head, heart, and soul uh, onto the page. And so having people like my writing is a deeply personal satisfaction. That being said, uh, I, I would get stir crazy if I was just writing like sitting in front of a laptop. I mean, I often love writing with another person going back to the the social aspect of things. Um, Acting was my first love. Uh, It will always be the thing that I'm, I'm absolutely drawn to. And it's, you know, it requires more time. Writing is harder. Acting takes up my time is what I should say in that it's like I will go to toronto for six months out of the year to shoot 12 monkeys um and those are 14 hour days and you know and you're suddenly it's two o'clock in the morning in the middle of the winter and you're outside and it's cold and like it's it's a much more physically taxing event yeah but i like the expulsive expressive nature of it yeah i don't know if you noticed but i'm not shy uh so i don't know i mean i don't know if i, I if i that's why i guess i love DD is because it combines my love of writing and performing uh and throwing a party and improvising like it's the perfect uh it's the perfect recipe to satisfy and i love fantasy like it, it satisfies so many needs in me yeah okay. um yeah i'm not picking one
1: okay no that, that's totally cool but you know what you should do, like, especially maybe at Nerd Circus, shirt idea. Yeah. Venn diagram, heart, Uh, you know, head, heart, and soul, and then in the middle, just writing.
0: Just writing. <laughs> just writing. Right in the middle. <laughs> All right.
1: Father, father Quick 5. Favorite family yeah. movie. Do you guys have one?
0: Favorite family movie. Wow. There's nothing really quick about that answer. We're currently... Uh, we, we put up the big screen out back and with a digital projector, been going through the Lord of the Rings nice trilogy. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a film that I've seen the most with my family. That's a terrific question. I don't know if we have one. Because, like you said, it's not a quick question, especially
1: for you and your fandom. But I'll take Lord of the Rings right now, so that's what you guys are vibing to. That's right. what we're all
0: watching right now. Uh, <laughs> we all absolutely love that f- franchise and, and, and stories. So we're watching we're watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy, extended edition, so it's taking over a week because <laughs> we'll watch two hours at a time, and you're literally looking at 12 hours-ish of entertainment yeah so it's like watching a season of television
1: <laughs> no doubt is there a band or an artist or a genre Beatles you, okay
0: yeah the Beatles is probably the biggest one that has bonded our family because uh <laughs> a, a couple of stories my son always had uh, over his bed he had um the yellow submarine poster over his bed growing up and he's an animator and that's probably his favorite animated film um, my daughter, one time we were driving and I was listening to the Beatles and she started crying. And I said, What's wrong? She goes, John's dead. I go, Yeah, baby, John's dead. She goes, I'll never get to meet him. I go, I know, sweetheart. And then she goes, Can I meet Ringo? <laughs> so I said, I'll work on it. Um, so 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 the beatles have been omnipresent in their entire lives i've taken each one of my kids separately to see paul mccartney live my daughter got to see paul perform with ringo at the last time he was at dodger stadium um we went as a family to the beatles love show in vegas we had great seats it was indelible my my daughter Wants to be a puppeteer and an animatronics maker, and so there's such great like creations in that. So, so much of our lives musically has been driven by the Beatles.
1: Love how quick that you know the first response was. That was great, and and in the idea of another cool dad hack is if you take your kids, if you know if you have multiple kids, and if you can, and it doesn't have to like maybe go to a concert, but just one on one time. I think is a great way to, again, communicate and build that strong bond. So I love that you were doing that, man. Yeah. Describe the perfect family vacation, where would it be?
0: Well, we did it. And okay, we, nice. uh, and so there's other versions of it. But we did it, which is where we we rented a car. And we drove across the American Southwest. We hit Roswell, we hit New Orleans, we hit uh, just amazing stops along the way and then we ended in orlando where we hit disney epcot and universal and because we rented a car we left it there and flew home awesome (laughs) it was so good it was just so good and just those Look, I I love a road trip. I love that's what I grew up with. You know, my parents were for much of our lives. We weren't flying places. They would save up and we would take the family driving vacation. Now, my schedule doesn't really allow for that as much. Uh, It's easier to fly places and fly back. Um, But that was a very special, perfect thing, because we got to have that like in the car, listening to tunes, telling stories, stopping at, you know, like uh, roadside diners and just that Americana experience, and then it ended with Disney. Like it was perfect. Nice. We went to the UFO museum in Roswell. Like we did the Cabazon dinosaurs. Like all of the just the just the cliche Americana stuff. We did it. It was
1: perfect. Love it, and the fact that it was that's an awesome dad hack as well. Flying back because you t- the the drive back is murder. So
0: good. Job. Murder. So like. <laughs> We saved money on the plane tickets going there because we rented the car and drove. But then, like, blah. so we got two entirely different vacations because we weren't we weren't didn't have to short change the time in Orlando because we were like now we got a five to seven day drive home. We were able to spend the time there and enjoy all the parks. It was so great. Good.
1: So good. All right. I know you got a lot of cool stuff in your, in, in that room right there, but is there something that you took from a a role or something? They're like, yeah, you can have this. Is there something that means a lot to you that like you, that like from a, any type of TV show series, film, whatever.
0: Well, no, no, we weren't allowed to take anything from the set of star Trek. (laughs) So no. Okay. (laughs) Um, I have, you know what? I have some really amazing, uh, memorabilia from 12 monkeys. Okay. Uh, and again, I did that show for four seasons. I did Trek for one, I did 12 monkeys for four. And so that was a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, but I got, uh, if you have not watched 12 monkeys, shame on you, but you should, it's wonderful yeah. viewers it's on Hulu stream it now. Um, I got, uh, what is called the bell. Which is uh, which is a piece of uh, memorabilia from Twelve Monkeys. That's an amazing piece uh, uh, sculpt. I have a, one of the costumes. Let me see if I can. Mean. In the corner there, you see yep. that right yep. there is yep. uh, is one of the costumes on a mannequin okay. from Twelve Monkeys. I have my jacket that i wore as deacon in 12 monkeys i have a flag from the west seven i have a copy of the word of the witness so i have a lot of 12 monkey stuff i have my chair back from deacon i have my chair back from picard i have my chair back from kim possible so yeah those are the those are like the big memorabilia stuff that i got to keep the um, chair backs are
1: really cool i think of my being on the set man i think that is so cool to have nice I like that. yeah and it
0: has your name on it and so it's it's special it's special but no nothing from picard (laughs) (laughs) lastly top three
1: words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad what would you want them to be
0: he loved me
1: nice great perfect right there people make sure you follow todd on twitter at todd stashwick on instagram at t stashwick and also go to me TheNerdCircus.com. Check out everything that he's doing. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat about father. really appreciated it, sir. And I wish absolute you the absolute Absolutely, thanks for having me on, Art.
0: Thanks, man. Look at that! I'm doing the thing. <laughs> I did the thing. That's free. I just give that to you. I'm Not charging you for that.
1: Thanks for checking out this week's edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And also go to artoffatherhood.net. You can have a chance to check out some great articles like the weekly Dad's Doing It Right column, The Collector of the Week, and many more. Plus, you have a chance to win some very cool prizes like video games, collectibles, all that good stuff. Go to artoffatherhood.net. And please make sure you rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts because i will greatly appreciate it to get the word out on the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to the artoffatherhood.net